Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Touching Successes podcast having to do with special education. Today, we have our companion, Sterling. Jojo is out for the day, so we will listen to him talking and participating in the background. My name is Joy, and I am a special education teacher. My idea behind this podcast was to try to present special education issues to every sector of people who have worked with, worked in, or had children in special education. Today I wanted to talk about something kind of near and dear to my heart, which is teacher's assistants or teacher's aides, which we now call paraprofessionals. I do like that sound better because they are very important to the function of special education going correctly inside of a classroom and sometimes even outside the classroom. So there are some negatives with some of the special education aids and I've run into these things that I'm going to talk about real quick and hope that nobody else runs into them. And if you are a paraprofessional and are doing any of these things, please talk to your teacher about why you are. Maybe there's a reason and we just don't know why we're doing something that bothers you. And so this is uh, your way of trying to cope with it. A negative aspect to working with a paraprofessional is that they ask for very little or easy things to be done, and they don't do it if it's not easy, and they're just kind of sitting around and not assisting at all, ignoring the children, and that will drive you crazy, especially when your hands are full with two or three kids, and there's still another three kids that need help, and the aide is quite literally sitting over in the corner on the phone. I have seen this, and it absolutely drives me batty. And other times they will just look at the problem behavior and they won't do anything at all. I mean, the child can be throwing things at the para and they just kind of push it to the side and, oh, it's okay, it's not that big of a deal. Or the one child that they're sitting in on maybe a mainstream class and that child decides to start throwing paper or, as I mentioned in my last podcast, eating paper. And, you know, we had an aide to sit with that student to stop her from doing those things. But every time I went in to check, the aide was just on her phone. And I have no idea how she got away with that. And so that was kind of a frustration for me. Sometimes the aides are not my direct aides, but are working with that student under the supervision of another specialist. But that doesn't mean that the aide shouldn't cooperate with things and advice that I am giving to the aid to help things be a little bit easier for everybody, for the aid and for the child. And one thing that is a pet peeve for me is when a paraprofessional undermines me. This one time I had set up with a student a deal. He really wanted to go to class without a paraprofessional with him. So I told him, okay, what are you going to do if this happens, if that happens? And he had thought it all out. He really had. I was really proud of him. And I found, and I told the paraprofessional, I said, you don't go to class with him anymore, but be in uh, the workroom so he can find you if he does need help. Well, I found out later that this para was still going to class with him, and he really disliked it. And mainly because it meant that 
none of the other kids wanted to be around him. They didn't want to be around him because there was always an adult around them. And you can understand that from uh, the point of view of a high school student. And so that was a frustrating endeavor to try to get her to stop going to class with him because she thought she knew better than I did and what this child needed. That was a very highly stressful event that happened between this paraprofessional and myself. And I really can't say that we fully worked it out. And I was very frustrated about the situation, but because I wasn't at that school all day, there was nothing I could do to kind of pull her out and put her on another child or pull her out and put her on some other task. So whenever I wasn't there, she was still going to class with the child. And I felt that was unfair to the student as well, because the student really, really had thought out what he needed and what he needed to do. And this was a skill that I really wanted him to learn how to do, because usually junior, sophomore, junior, senior year, we start trying to prep our students to be able to handle going to college on their own and being independent, because they're not going to have a paraprofessional with them at their jobs or in college. It's not the way it works. So we really, as teachers, have to prep these kids on how to attend their classes without help from somebody. Another difficulty I've run into and also kind of irritates me is when I need a paraprofessional to learn a certain aspect about the job so she can be more effective, only they're not willing to learn it. And again, I'm not their direct supervisor. I just supervise them supervising the kids and how they treat the kids, but I can't do firing or hiring or any of that stuff. So when I run into these paraprofessionals who won't learn the bare minimum of what the child needs, I get really frustrated because that paraprofessional is with that child, if it's a mainstream situation, all day long. If it's within the classroom, they're going to be bouncing around between all the kids and usually each kid has their own unique thing that they're working on and if a paraprofessional knows this then they can help me meet their IEP goals. Again, it's all about IEP goals. Another problem that shows up, although thankfully it's rare, is having a para yelling at one of the students, whether this is in a mainstream situation or in a classroom situation. It's very, very upsetting to everybody around them, and this should not be allowed, and really this should get reported to their supervisor and handle direct fashion. So now that I have discussed some of the negatives of working with a paraprofessional and some of the problems that show up, let's talk about the positives. The reason why I love having most paras in my classroom or access to them within the public schools. Paras that I really love working with are the ones that are interested in the child. They want to know and want to help participate in helping the kid meet their IEP goals. A lot of the paras that I've worked with would be upset, not at me, but the teacher prior or another one, because the teacher wouldn't share the basics of the IEP goals. I don't share all the detailed information that you find in an IEP. Aids really don't need to know that. However, it really helps 
the teachers and the aides and the children and everybody involved, if the aides have a good idea of what the goals are for your particular part of the IEP goals. When they learn what the IEP goals are, you can create tracking forms for them to fill out throughout the day or at the end of the day, which will then help you when it comes time to do report cards because you'll have in your hands a piece of paper that the A did that said, yes, the child did this this many times or no, that they didn't. And so everybody wins when you have a paraprofessional who knows the IEPs and cares about the students. Everybody wins when you have a paraprofessional that has that kind of an attitude. I worked with one school that was actually pretty cool. They always arranged about once a week to pay for my time and to pay for the paraprofessional's time, it was a charter school, to meet together and discuss what was going on, discuss anything that she needed help with, to discuss what the child was doing, how well she was working on her IEP goals, any ideas to help her meet them faster and better. And it was absolutely fantastic. And I really wish that more schools would cover the cost of doing that, say maybe after school or maybe prior to going to the school, just to learn about the kid and to be able to participate. I think it's fantastic. Another great thing are the paraprofessionals who will follow your lesson plans. I like that because you can write out the lesson plans and as they get to know you, you can write smaller and smaller amounts of it and they know what is going on with them and they work with the student on that lesson plan. And if you're not there for some reason, say you're an itinerant and you're at another school because something came up, the aide can still pull the child out of the class and still work with that child on the lesson plan so that the child won't lose any ground just because you're gone. And I think that that is another awesome thing that some of the paraprofessionals do that. Another skill that I like to see with paraprofessionals is the ones who jump in when they see that you're buried. I've been in more than one situation, although most of the time it was when I was in a classroom, where I'm having to deal with a child who is maybe really upset and is expressing it in very negative ways, and my hands are full dealing with that child, or sometimes I've got three kids in front of me and I'm trying to do something, and two kids across the room start talking and Basically, they're not following directions and not doing what they're supposed to be. An aide who sees these kinds of things and knows what needs to be done is fantastic. And usually it's just they step in, they take care of the kids across the room and get them working again, or they round up the other kids to do some kind of quick activity or singing or something like that while I bring the temperature of the child down a little bit so we can all work together. That's what I like about aides is they see that there's something that needs to be done or sees that the teacher needs help with something and they help the teacher. Having a paraprofessional who is able to see that there's a need for help for supporting the teacher is a greatly desired behavior that I imagine most teachers want and especially special needs teachers. One paraprofessional that I worked with did something kind of unusual, and I was incredibly grateful for her observation of this. She saw me filling out my mileage charts for the week. I had to turn them in every week so that I could be reimbursed. 
she saw what I was doing and she looked at it and she's like, you know, I can do that and you can then use your knowledge to write reports. And I was like looking at her like, you, you don't need to do my mileage forms. And she says, yeah, I says, she's like, it's easy to do. Just, just hand me all the paperwork and then just turn in your mileage to me at the end of the week and I'll fill out the forms. And she did. And she was consistent with it. And it was fantastic because she's right. I use that spare time to work on writing IEPs or the reports just go with being a special ed teacher or lesson plans or whatever it was, I could do that. And she saved me a couple of hours a week by her taking over that particular activity. Now, that's not something you would expect out of most paraprofessionals. And I mean, I normally wouldn't. It was just something that she did to help me out. And I just thought that that was so incredibly thoughtful. Having a good paraprofessional makes a night and day difference. I've had to run a classroom without a paraprofessional and I had a lot of kids and they functioned everywhere from second grade math all the way up to algebra. So you can imagine how much stress there was with managing those kids and I didn't have a para to help me out. So I was doing all the work. I didn't get home until 7.38 at night most days of the week because of that particular situation. I hope no teacher ever ends up in that situation at all. I hope that they will work hard and try to get themselves a para to help them out. On the other hand, there are paraprofessionals where you kind of always feel like you have another kid in the classroom. They don't seem to know much. They're not helping out. They're kind of in the way. And sometimes they do, like I talked about earlier, undermine you. And in situations like that, you kind of wonder, like, is this para going to be a good fit for me? Maybe they're a better fit for another style of teaching with another teacher. Maybe the supervisors would be willing to swap around the paras. I don't know. I know every school district, every school, and every principal handles the idea of paraprofessionals differently. You also have to be careful going and asking for a paraprofessional. I got rather insistent about it in one situation, the one when I had the second grade math kid all the way up to algebra and that was kind of that way of functioning throughout the entire class and I kept asking and asking and explaining why and then I had a child enter into my classroom who was in a wheelchair and she was blind and it, it was an electric wheelchair and she was very 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 stubborn as a student and she had a difficult time expressing her needs and wants which is, I think, why she was kind of stubborn is because we were probably not meeting her needs. And I was not trained for that, but I can learn. But I really needed a paraprofessional to help me out because she wasn't safe if she got up and started walking around, which she could do to a degree, but something happened to her, then I was out of luck. And sure enough, she fell in the restroom and I told her, don't lock the door in case something like that happened, but she did. So I had to run over to my desk, get the key, then go in and find out what had happened to her. And by that point, luckily she was standing up and she was moving along and she was angry. And I didn't though want to just sort of leave the situation alone and then get in trouble later, she passed out. So I went to try to take her down to the health center, the nurse's office, 
And unfortunately, because I didn't have a paraprofessional, we all got to travel down there as a class. And luckily the other kids were flexible, field trip, you know, they got out of work for a half hour, 45 minutes. But it really, I shouldn't have had to do that. I should have been able to leave my students with a para and taken the student down myself or vice versa. I became an even squeakier wheel trying to get a paraprofessional in there. And eventually I was told, stop saying anything about paras because we're not giving you one and you need to get used to that. Other teachers who didn't have one, they didn't understand my irritation with it, but what they did with their kids was very different from what I did with mine. I don't know what the answer to that would have been. I just had to do what they said and stop asking and try to function as best as I could and hope that that student didn't fall again, or if she did, then hopefully she wouldn't hit her head and pass out. And what do you do? You can't do much of anything. As awesome as paras are, sometimes you're not allowed to have one and, and hopefully that'll happen never ever again to anyone in the future. So in summary, paraprofessionals can either be just awesome and wonderful and make your job so much easier, or they can also be quite the opposite and almost like another student in your classroom. Ideally, you will have one of the ones that just goes over and above what is required out of them. And at the very least, I hope for all special education teachers and the students and the parents of the students that the paraprofessionals that they do get are right down there in the middle if need be where they, they're really great in some areas and in other areas, not so great. And that's okay. It's just so much that as long as they're a helper to you and not a hindrance to you, that's what you need as a special education teacher and what the child needs as a special education paraprofessional. And I'll wind up here by saying those are the experiences that I have had working with paraprofessionals. And I have worked with many, many paraprofessionals because of having been itinerant for so many years. I will hope that you guys get exactly what you need and that the child gets the kind of support they need from one of those fantastic paraprofessionals that are out there. And I hope that the schools and school districts will start appreciating those paras a little bit more and pay them what they're worth. Because paraprofessionals do not get paid very well and they have to put up with some of the worst of the stuff within a classroom. Because if you're busy teaching and a student throws up and you can't leave what you're doing, then that paraprofessional gets the job of cleaning that up. And that's just a small example. I'm sure your imagination can fill in some of the blank spots. And a paraprofessional who is a struggle to work with might just leave it or not do a very good job cleaning that up. And that's kind of gross. But a paraprofessional that I had, she'd clean it. She'd go get some cleaner from the janitors and spray it down, spray it down with sanitizer, do everything she could to make sure that all of that was dealt with. And she was another one of those paras where I was like, oh, I've got to go deal with the situation. And it was a difficult situation to handle as far as um, maybe germs and stuff go. And the para was just like, no, 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 you go over there, you teach them your subject, and then 
I will take care of dealing with that particular situation. And she did, and she would every single time that situation came up, and that was on a regular basis. I want to say thank you to any of my paras who might actually be listening to this. You've been awesome and wonderful, and I hope that things are going well for you and that the district you're in decided to pay you more money because you guys rock it. I owe so much of my success and the success of the students we shared to you as a paraprofessional. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're still doing it, keep up the hard work. And I hope that the teacher you're working for really, really acknowledges you. If you find that some of those habits that were on the negative side kind of happened to you, then I would beg of you. To, to dump the negative habit and jump in on the positive because life will be more fun that way. Working with our students can be a total blast, but you need to put the effort into it so that they trust you and they want to be with you. So thank you to all the prayer professionals out there. I can't say it enough. Obviously, I've gone on for about a minute about it. And just keep it up. Keep up the hard work. Keep supporting your teacher. Care for that student. Make sure the parents know that you're there for them too. And I am going to sign off here. I want to remind everybody that there is now a website. It is www.touchingsuccess.education. It's not .edu. It's education, the whole word. It's a new domain. So I wanted to let you guys know that was there. And hopefully... I will be getting out yet another podcast soon, and if you have any ideas, please leave any comments on my website or email them to me, and I will take a look and see if I can do that. Soon we will be having a guest. Her main focus has been on children with emotional disabilities. I think what she has to say is very important, and we can really appreciate anything she can teach us about children who struggle with that area. So again, the website is www.touchingsuccess.education. I will hopefully be able to add more material as time goes on, but for now I've just been focusing on the podcast. So again, please send me an email with any ideas you have or leave comments on that website. So have a great day. Enjoy the students you work with because really when it all comes down to it, it's all about the kids. There would really be not much reason to be in special education or any education field if it wasn't for the kids. So here is my birds and I signing off for the day. Have a great and wonderful day and hopefully we will get another podcast up soon.